This is Chicago Lakefront Studios in production with Chicago Lakefront Studios. I'm your host, Stephanie Cardenas, and this is Anthropology Matters. It's mid-July and most of us are still quarantining from home. We feel antsy, restless, and some of us even lonely. On today's show, we're focusing on questions about monogamy and primates, why some of us are drawn to it, and why some of us just don't care for it. Before we get into these questions and more, it's important to note that my research partner Graciela and I actually had the chance to observe primates for a day throughout the live cams at the San Diego Zoo in California. There's a plethora of information you're able to learn about these primates if you really pay attention, some of which you may even relate to. Located in Balboa Park, just north of downtown San Diego, the San Diego Zoo is home to over 650 different species and subspecies, some of which are rare and even endangered. I observed the galata monkeys and hamydra baboons, while Graciela observed orangutans and Siamang gibbons. People would think these primates are all classified as monkeys, but to set the record straight, not all primates are monkeys. The gelata monkeys and the hamydra baboons are primates that are classified as monkeys because of their tails, their small body size, and their ability to walk on all fours. They do not use tools. The orangutans and Siamese gibbons, however, do. They are also primates, but they are classified as apes because they do not have tails and they do have a broader body size. This is important because it helps us understand why these primates act the way they do. Located in the Lost Forest exhibit of the San Diego Zoo, a trio of orangutans, Satu, Indicaran, and Aisha, share their space with Siamang gibbons. They don't interact with each other very much, and Satu and Indicaran, an older male orangutan and a female, both prefer to be alone. Just to clarify, Indicaran is a play on the fact that we know that the San Diego Zoo has two families named Inda and Karen, but we have absolutely no idea which one she is. So she's both. The juvenile female orangutan's Aisha, on the other hand, was observed interacting with her neighbors. It looks like the weariness of others and preferring to be alone is something that orangutans grow into. Kind of like my experience of getting older. So it was interesting taking a look at her notes which we took without knowing what we were getting into, by the way. I mean, zilch. We truly wanted an unbiased observation of these primates. We're taking online classes. We could have probably half asses, but why not learn something? So we did a little research and there it was. Our observations correlated to actual research we found. Bam, anthropology does matter. Who knew? It was super exciting to see that based on our research, we can confirm that our observations of orangutans leading solitary lives correlated to typical orangutan behavior. Siamangs were also noted for interacting with their peers during their day-to-day activities, just like our later research confirmed. And we'll tell you why this is important after the break. Alright everyone, what do you say to an ape who calls you on the phone? Hooray! A tang! This is the call you've been waiting for. You know you want to do it. You have absolutely nothing better to do. So why not make the next move and take Anthropology 201 at your local community college? 
You get to learn useful information about you, your parents, your parents' parents, your parents' parents' parents, and your parents' 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 parents'. Call 555-555-555-555 to enroll now. Anthropology matters. Do you? And we're back on Anthropology Matters. I'm your host, Stephanie. On today's show, monogamy. Why some of us crave it, while some of us would just rather not. We continue to use captive primate behavior and demography to make inferences about social structures of wild primates. Back at the San Diego Zoo, we observed the Siamang Gibbons, a family trio with one adult male, Anki, an adult female named Eloise, and a young female named Selamat. Unki is believed to be 37 years old, Eloise 39, and from a different zoo from Unki, somewhere in Northern California. They've been together for 33 years and birthed their daughter, Selamat, on November 12th of 2018. Why are monogamous relationships so important amongst primates? The topic in itself is important and compelling to many scientists because it underlines models that aid in understanding the origins of human behavior. According to the National Center for Biotechnology Information, primates have a greater proportion of species characterized as monogamous at 15% compared to other mammals at 3-5%. to What draws primates to commit to one another, at least for a period of time? Using teeny monkeys as a model species associated with social monogamy, we characterize it as defense of a territory, jealousy, male parenting, and a socio-emotional pair bond, much like humans. The conclusion that I drew was that monogamy is associated with human evolution. Primates seem to have an inclination towards finding a partner, which in turn aids in producing more oxytocin and vasopressin. Oxytocin is important because it plays a crucial role in childbirth and also aids male reproduction. It also helps new mothers breastfeed their children because it triggers milk to move into their mother's breasts, allowing for more successful feedings and a healthier child. Vasopressin aids in regulating blood pressure and affects the ability of kidneys to reabsorb water, according to the Hormone Health Network. Several diseases have been noted to arise when the body loses the ability to produce or respond to vasopressin, like Cairo grooming Fyro, or many of us seeking the comfort of our partners, there's no denying that human instinct is driven partly by hormones. However, it's impossible to ignore some of the male primates we observed, which were completely content with just hanging around by themselves or their male group members. Many orangutans not only seek this lifestyle, but very much prefer it. This show is sponsored by my cats in the background. They keep meowing and interrupting. They're fighting right now. I was very surprised by Graciela's notes when I saw them because they were so strikingly different from my own. 
compared to the gelata monkeys and the males who just ran around and chased each other and taunted each other, the orangutans seemed to be a lot more relaxed. The adult female orangutan and a Karen would sit down on a tree and just observe her surroundings. The adult male orangutan Satu would sit down next to the observatory window and just observe his surroundings. It's common for orangutans to isolate themselves from one another, and they're not known for sticking around as a pack. The only ones that stay close to each other are the females and their offspring, but males don't often participate in the lives of their young. In fact, males only seek female companionship for reproductive reasons. Once the females get pregnant, the male will abandon them. The male orangutan doesn't even like running into another male orangutan, and it'll often end in conflict. I can definitely see the correlation of this behavior to antisocial behavior in humans. According to Nathan Bailey at the University of St. Andrews in Scotland, the environment and animal experiences can influence which genes it expresses, when and how much. So conditions of social isolation might cause expression of different traits. This in turn could affect responses to natural selection in terms of survival and reproduction, which has evolutionary consequences. He implied that social isolation might even be favorable. We can find an example of this favorability in Australia, home to the invasive toad Rena marina. The male expand into new territory, causing them to be temporarily isolated. The isolation triggers an uncharacteristically strong attraction to female toads upon the male's return. This increases the likelihood of communication and successful mating, which is crucial for the survival of these toads in new regions. Natural selection favors adaptions that help cope with and may even promote social isolation. It is even believed to help in the prevention of the spread of germs and disease, which aids in the survival of the species itself. So, whether you are enjoying spending all day, every day, and every second of every day with your partner, or just like to be alone, know that there's probably an evolutionary reason behind it. Consider your life compared to a primate's and try to make a connection as to how we evolved from then and now. You'll soon begin to realize there is a lot more we can discover about ourselves by learning about them. Animal and human origins are very similar, and because we have descended from common ancestors, there are significant inferences that could be made from these comparisons. Thank you so much for tuning into today's show. If you'd like to learn more about primates and why they are a fundamental key to unlocking our own evolutionary history, please visit primateinfonet at pin.primate.wisc.edu. You can find more informative resources to help facilitate innovative research with non-human primates. This has been your host, Stephanie Cardenas, and this was Anthropology Matters.